Welcome back to another episode of Cartels, Conspiracies, and Camarena. I'm Jack Llewellyn. Happy to have you with us tonight. Let me give you an idea of where we're going to go tonight. So we're going to do a little bit of an introduction. I've got a couple of housekeeping things I want to talk about. Also want to give you an idea of how we're going to monitor a few things going forward. And then we're going to go back and readdress and look at the last NARC. And specifically, not the book, not Hector Perez's book, but the documentary. And we'll touch on the book, but we're going to look specifically at the documentary. And I'll get into more details about that uh, real shortly. So for the introduction, uh, I wanted to take a moment and try to and, and just plug uh, a friend and a patriot and um, a, a former DEA agent, Abel, Abel Reynoso, um, who has uh, a website that you can find with his name, A-B-E-L Reynoso. Um, he is an artist. He's a very, very, very good artist. And he does mostly military, police, DEA type of work. Very, very good. And I encourage you to check it out. Uh, if you love it, buy something from him. I'm sure he would appreciate it. But if you're at all interested, just take a look because it's really good stuff. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I wanted to note for anybody who's listening to this from the Denver area or probably even available on streaming is I'm going to be on um, KNUS, K-N-U-S, AM 710 um, with Stefan Tubbs uh, tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, Mountain Time where we'll talk a little bit about the Camarena case, talk about Kyra Quintero being captured and we will uh, maybe talk a little bit about my book and uh, the work that we're doing on the case uh, going forward. Just mentioned Carl Quintero. I think every week we'll do a little update on the status of Carl Quintero. Um, many weeks it may be nothing, but let's just keep track of what's going on. And... Uh, Right now, the only thing we really know, I think, is that he is fighting extradition, or at least that the judicial process has said we're going to have to go through all of the steps required for extradition to the United States. Keep in mind that El Chapo kind of went through this process, and it took him about a year. Of course, he did get extradited, was found guilty in a trial in the U.S., and as I mentioned before, is in... Supermax in Florence, which is not too far down the road from where I live. So we will continue to to keep posted on what is going on with Cara Quintero. Uh, I mentioned last week, I think, that uh, we're revising the website um, or building a new website. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to go. But one of the things that we will have on the new website when it's up is kind of a, a news section where we'll have the ability to post news articles about different things. One of the things, of course, that we'll keep track of and post to are things about Caracantero, the judicial process, and the extradition process. Okay. With all of that, we are going to talk today about the last NARC. Oh, let me go back. One thing I want to do is... Um, 
there were a couple of weeks where we had some very, very long podcasts, uh, a couple that went more than an hour. And I think they were good. I was very happy with them. A couple of them involved our discussions with Jaime Kirkendall. And whether it was one hour, three hours, or five hours, it would have been totally worth it. But I think we're going to go back to kind of dissecting these topics and trying to keep our length to 25 to 35 or 40 minutes. I think that'll be uh, a better thing to do. And then on top of that, um, sometime in the next three weeks or so, we're going to have a YouTube channel that's going to discuss uh, whether it's the same or similar topics as the podcast. We're going to have the ability to show documents on those and um, we're going to do those in five or 10 minute segments. So various ways to get information. I think it'll be helpful and I think it's a better way to proceed going forward. Okay. Now back to the last narc. You'll remember we've done several things talking about the last narc in the past. Um, you know, we had an episode, the top 10 things the last narc got wrong, blah, blah, blah. So the question comes up, why are we talking about the last narc again? And as a preview, we're going to talk about the last narc this week, next week, the week after, um, and, uh, Maybe even the week after that. So we're going to spend a lot of time on it. Why are we doing that? Well, I think there's a few things that are really, really important. Um, two weeks ago, I took a trip and uh, had four-hour plane flights both ways, had delays in the airports both ways. So I watched The Last Narc, primarily episodes three and four, but I watched each of those at least three times, maybe four, maybe more. And it became very clear that there were some serious issues that I wanted to discuss with respect to that documentary. But it goes a little bit beyond that. You know, we can look at the last arc and look at, at who, um, you know, who directed it, who was primarily behind it. Uh, and in addition to Hector Breas, of course, you've got Tiller Russell, who has a long list of impressive credentials, both with respect to uh, documentaries, nonfiction work, and uh, screenplays, executive producers on works of fiction in motion pictures and television. He also has said in various uh, publications, I believe, that he had spent a, a decade or so working on the Camarena case. And then you have Amazon Prime, you know, so Amazon, putting its stamp of approval, explicit or implicit, on the production. It distributed it. It's still to this day on Amazon Prime Video. I've got it up on my computer as we speak. And then you have Hector Boreas, of course, who at one point was the head of Operation Landa. And so you have a great deal of authority behind this production, right? Tiller Russell, Amazon Prime, Hector Boreas has to be true. 
Everything they say in there has to be true, right? And, and that really struck me uh, about, uh, I won't say how long ago, but a, a little while ago, not long. A reporter made a comment about uh, someone involved in the Camarena case. Totally outside of, of discussing the Camarena case, this was a little bit before Carl Quintero was captured, but it was a pretty profound and uh, in, in some ways outrageous claim with respect to someone. And so I called this reporter, happened to see it um, you know, on YouTube or some other way, called the reporter and said, how in the hell did you come up with this this comment, you know, and this belief? And he said, well, I got it from Hector Brez's book. And I said, in essence, did you do any research on your own? Did you confirm at all? And he said, no, I didn't have to. Hector did. He has the three witnesses. And that really struck me. Again, that, you know, it's the idea that everything in The Last Dark is true. And anybody who's listened already knows that I don't think that's exactly the case. So again, that's the part of the reason that I watched this over and over and over over the last couple of weeks. And the thing that became increasingly clear to me is if you have a director of some reputation who has said that he has, you know, worked on this for a decade, has put his reputation behind it. And then you have Amazon Prime that goes out and publishes it, puts it on their service, gives it their stamp of approval. There is an obligation to get it right. Okay, and we, you know, we've talked a little bit in the past about legal issues. I don't I'm not talking about legal issues, okay? And I don't care who has a claim or didn't have a claim or whatever the case may be. There is a moral obligation when you're talking about the death of a DE agent, when you're talking about the death of a pilot who worked with him, when you're talking about conspiracy theories brought up 20, 30 years after the fact, you have a moral obligation to get it right. And I'm not holding Mr. Russell or Amazon Prime or Agent Boreas to a higher standard than should be expected. Okay? I'm not suggesting that they have to get every nuance right. But when there are things that clearly don't make sense, and we're going to talk about a couple of those in just a minute, how, 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 how can somebody like Amazon Prime put this out and stand behind it. It just doesn't make sense, my friends. All right. You're probably saying, that's nice. Do you have any examples, Jack? You know what? I do. And as I said, we're going to go through two today. Two good examples. And then we're going to have a few more, and I'm going to explain that in a couple minutes. But, but, let's talk specifically about internal inconsistencies. Things that don't add up in the documentary produced by Amazon Prime 
and as backed up and supported, at least in part, by Agent Brea's book itself. So the first thing we want to talk about is we're going to talk about Captain Zavala. Now remember, Alfredo Zavala was a captain and he worked with the Mexican government, the agricultural department. He helped fly Agent Camarena and others to do surveillance over some of the marijuana fields. Okay, He is featured somewhat prominently in the last NARC. And specifically, there is a picture attributed to be Captain Zavala. And I'm going to see, I'm going to give you very, very specifics. So, episode three, at the 1356 mark and at the 2514 mark, they show a picture. In particular, it's a picture with Agent Camarena, Agent Kirkendall, and somebody in the middle. And they say, this is Captain Zavala. They even focus in. They blur out Camarena and Kirkendall, and they focus in. This is Captain Zavala. I'm here to tell you with 100% certainty, that's not Captain Zavala. Moreover, Agent Kirkendall told people before the episode ever came out, before it was ever posted, that wasn't Captain Zavala. So let me ask you a question. If you're a director, a skilled director, okay, who said, I've worked on this case for a decade, how do you show a picture of Captain Zavala that's not him? And you might notice I'm getting a little bit riled up. And I think it's time that we get a little bit riled up. Because again, this isn't me saying I have an opinion that's different. This is me saying they are simply wrong. And they had every reason to know they were wrong because Agent Kirkendall had told them they were wrong. Okay, so that's number one. Now let's talk about when Agent or Captain Zavala was kidnapped. You'll remember that one of the things that we said when we were talking about the top 10 things that the last night got wrong, we talked about Agent Perez's book saying that on the second day of his interrogation, Kiki Camarena, Agent Camarena, while being tortured, gave up Captain Zavala's name. Okay? Remember that. That's in his book. It's there in writing. We noted at the time that that's contrary to all of the evidence. Everything. Captain Zavala's kids. Susie Lozano. uh, Agent Kirkendall. Uh... And, and others, everybody says, no, 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 that's not how it happened, okay? But what's interesting is, it's not only contrary to what other witnesses have said, it's contrary to what the documentary itself says, okay? So we can look, if you go to 
All right, I'm going to have to find it for you. Hold on one second. Let's see if we have it. Um, yeah, so episode three. Again, I'm going to give you exact here, okay? Episode three, 1337. 13 minutes, 13, 37 seconds. There is a page on the documentary that says, and I quote, Alfredo Zavala, the Mexican pilot who flew surveillance over Rancho Buffalo, was kidnapped a few hours after Kiki. And then they go through and, and Lopez Romero talks about the fact that Felix Gallardo ordered Captain Zavala to be picked up. And that Captain Zavala came to or was taken to Lope de Vega a couple of hours after Kiki Camarena was there. But on the same day, it's extremely queer. There is no debate. So again, again, if you're Tiller Russell, if you're Amazon Prime, heck, if you're Hector Bereas, how do you have a documentary a purported documentary, but a documentary that is directly contrary to something Agent Boreas said someplace else. And again, let's go remember Lopez Romero talks about this very specifically. He goes through for the next couple of minutes. Again, and and what were we talking? You know, thirteen thirty-seven, episode three. Okay, if you think I'm making it up, take a look. He goes through, talks about how Zavala was picked up, what time it was, where he came. So I ask you, isn't it the case then that either, at best, at best, either Agent Boreas is wrong about a material fact of some significance, or Rene Lopez Romero is wrong about a fact of material significance, in which case, how do you know who to believe and do you trust either one of them at that point? And at worst, one of them is lying, flat out lying. Either way you look at it, somebody's wrong and it's impossible to trust any of these folks. I want to talk about Lopez for one second. So we've talked about the fact in the past that um, that Rene Lopez Romero uh, admitted to having been involved in the actual kidnapping of Agent Camarena. We've talked about a little bit about how that all allegedly went down. We noted that the kidnappers came in a Volkswagen Atlantic, which is not by any stretch of the imagination, a large car. We've mentioned the fact that that once Cameron was picked up, that would have been five people in that little car. I will note that I have it on good authority that there are at least one, maybe more percipient witnesses who recently have indicated that Lopez Romero was not, okay, I repeat, 
was not involved in the actual kidnapping of Agent Cam Moreno. Now, we've always kind of assumed that to be the case. I've always thought that his uh, his DA6 report and his description of the kidnapping had some issues, and we're going to talk about that in a couple minutes here, but that it, a lot of it rang relatively true. Keep in mind that it can ring true. You know, there can be things in his report um, or in his statements that make a lot of sense if somebody else wrote it for him. Okay. And we're going to discuss that a little bit later. And this is a little bit of an aside. But keep in mind that it may well be that Lopez Romero was not involved in nearly as many things directly as he says he was. And that kind of harkens back to things we've said about Hector Breas. Remember, every time you go through and you're listening to the the documentary in The Last Narc, or you're listening to his book, you're reading his book, you're listening to it, however, and Hector Breas talks about things that happened at or about the time of the kidnapping or during the early days of the investigation or at the Guadalajara airport. Remember, he was there for none of it has absolutely no first-hand knowledge. And that may well be the case for Lopez Romero, at least to a larger degree than we previously thought. Okay, so Captain Zavala is example number one. Example number two is Rancho Buffalo itself. Okay? And I noted earlier, we just talked about the fact that this little um, title page um, or, or screenshot for the uh, the last narc said that Captain Zavala, who f- had flown surveillance over Rancho Buffalo, right? And um, in episode three at minute 10, second 35, 10.35, there's another like, title page and it says... Rancho Buffalo was destroyed three months earlier because of Kiki's surveillance. Okay? So, Zavala was a pilot who flew surveillance over Rancho Buffalo. And Rancho Buffalo was destroyed three months earlier because of Kiki's surveillance. Right? Okay? Very clear. Can't miss it. Told you exactly where it is in in the last narc. And you know what? It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Okay? There is no question. None. Kiki Camarena was not involved in this investigation into or the seizure of Rancho Buffalo. And you know who knows that perfectly well? Hector Perez. It's in his book. So let me read to you. I'm going to read directly from his book. Okay? We're on page 179. Again, I'm telling you exactly where to find this stuff. If you think I'm wrong, go look. 179. Hector Perez says, and I quote, The most troubling but little known coda to the narrative that Kiki's discovery of the Rancho Buffalo marijuana fields 
and its subsequent raid where the reason for his murder was an ironic one. He was not part of either. Kiki was an incredible agent and a true American hero. But Kiki did not discover the fields at Rancho Buffalo with the pilot Alfredo Alfredo Zavala. Kiki and the pilot never actually came near the fields. So, let's go back. Let's look at this. We have... We have a documentary put together by a trained and experienced documentarian, documentarian, sorry, who says worked on it for a decade. We have Amazon Prime supporting it, pushing it out, making money off of it. Who's the main figure? Who is the last narc? It's Hector Boreas. But they can't even get their damn story straight. The documentary says, hey, here's why he was killed. Rancho Buffalo. Put aside the fact that everybody in the world knows that's not the case. And, Mr. Russell, if you had worked on the case for a decade, as you said, how can you not know that? But even more than that, if you're working with Hector Boreas, if he's the main person in your documentary, how can he not stand up at some point and say, that's not true. I know it's not true because I said it's not true in my book. Again, folks, I'm not saying. I went out and did my own research. I have. We've talked about that in other episodes. But how can... A production put together by Tiller Russell and Amazon Prime that had to have included Hector Boreas for months, if not years or more. How can they be wrong? How can they be so inconsistent? Doesn't that bother you? (laughs) Excuse me. And if it bothers you, how can you know who to believe? What story's true? Who's right? Who's wrong? This is important stuff, folks. Why? I'll go back to what I said earlier. If you're going to put this stuff out, and we're going to talk about some of the other allegations, but if you're going to come out, you're going to make a documentary, and you're going to say, we're going to prove that this happened, or we're going to show you this happened. You're going to make allegations against Felix Rodriguez, Jaime Kirkendall, the CIA in general. Basically, a, you know, some type of indictment against the, the DEA, at least the administration of the DEA. Don't you have to get it right? And don't you have to get it right about the simple stuff? This isn't the hard stuff, folks. This is the simple stuff. Kiki wasn't involved in Buffalo. Hector knew that. Why did he let them say he, Kiki was in the documentary? How does that make any sense? You know the answer. It doesn't. And if they are wrong about such simple and such obvious things, how can you believe anything that goes forward? Anything else in the documentary? All right, we 
are going to spend the next couple of weeks, as I said, talking about this. There are numerous discrepancies. We're going to talk about a lot of them. We're going to talk about the timing of the kidnapping. We're going to talk about um, you know, some of the allegations against Felix Rodriguez. And again, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the clear facts, the things that are obviously within the documentary and or Agent Brez's book. Okay. Um, lots and lots of things that we're going to talk about. But again, I'd said we're going to try to keep this to the 30, 35 minute range for our future podcasts. Uh, subject to change as conditions warrant. I want you to know, too, um, week after next, I'm going to be down in Guadalajara and we're going to be doing some very, very, very specific research on issues relating to the kidnapping. And I'm looking forward to coming back and describing again in very great detail how the kidnapping didn't occur. Okay? May not always know how it did, but we can figure out how it didn't. And that, again, is going to call into question in very specific ways the credibility of the last narc, the three witnesses in the last narc, and those behind the last narc. All right. Um, I appreciate everybody listening to this. As I've told everybody before, and will, will every time, if you have comments, questions, concerns, bitches, gripes, moans, you want to say anything, feel free. Email at my, um, or off of my website, or Llewellyn Writing at Gmail. Happy to talk to anybody at any time about anything. Remember, next week we'll come back and we're going to talk about more of these last NARC issues. And we're going to handle five or six or seven of the big ones. Again, the major inconsistencies that make you wonder why in the heck did Tiller Russell and Amazon Prime let this type of production go forward. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next time.